Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. All right, welcome to another edition of American Potential. As you know, if you've been listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, I've been to two trips to the border, one trip to McAllen, Texas, and then one trip to Yuma, Arizona, to kind of look at the, 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 frankly, the gigantic mess, disaster, if you will, government-caused disaster at the border because the Biden administration and their policies have accelerated what is a disaster at the border. And I have a question for you, though, for this podcast. As you go through your day, how often do you have to be sort of aware of your surroundings and what's going on around you. Our guest today has to stay in a constant state of awareness due to where he lives because break-ins, thefts, and property damage are becoming the norm. He's had to train his family to go to their safe place when he says to go there with no questions asked before going to sleep. He has to double check and make sure that all safeguards are in place. So where does today's guest live? Ukraine? China? Cuba? In some big city with a high crime rate? The answer may surprise you because he doesn't live in a city but lives on a ranch in Texas. It's about an hour and 45 minutes away from the border. Matt McGrew is a ranch manager and over the past three years he's seen an increase of people who have crossed the border and trespassed on the ranch. The government, and especially the Biden administration, has allowed this situation to get out of control. But we're going to talk about some of the things that Matt sees every single day, how it's changed his life, his job, uh, his community, if you will. Matt, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Doing uh Outstanding, sir. Thank you so much for having us. Well, we appreciate great. it very much. It's great to have you, and I can't wait to get into some of these stories. I visited, you know, most Americans don't don't live on the border, and they see these stories on television and things like that, so it's great to have someone like you kind of bring this home, uh, to, to hit home, because I think, you know, the rule of law is so important to a, to a free and, and, and open society. We have to have a rule of law, and part of that rule of law is private property rights. And uh, so I want to get into that. But before I do, I have a question. So you used to be from California. We're not going to really hold that against you on the show, I promise. Um, but before you took- <laughs> Born and raised, I'll we'll back that train up real quick. Born and raised in Illinois, oh, okay. down in the okay. southern tip of Illinois, a little town called Flora, and then went through a wildlife game management program. And I was sent to do an internship in California. Okay. But there's good parts of California All right. too. Okay. Yeah. No, there are some great. It's a beautiful state. It's a beautiful state. It's just oh, it's gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Kind of being ruined by bad policies. But, but you were yeah. there, and you you thought, man, I have to leave California because you saw a news ticker said that there was a shortage of hoodies in California. So I want to hear the story. Day, <laughs> the last day. So, you know, I love California. The place I worked at, the ranch there, was amazing. So I was in between the two major cities. And, but I was tucked in inland about, oh, I'll tell you what, on a good crystal clear day, 
I could look to the west and I could see the ocean and I could turn around the opposite direction. And then I could see the snow-capped Nevadas or the Sierras of wow. Nevada or Sierras in Nevada. It was amazing. It was, you know, but I'm not, I wasn't in the city and, you know, Hollister was a little town, not Hollister, the beach down South LA, but Hollister, Gilroy, Salinas, like kind of right there in the middle mm-hmm. um, in between everybody. So it was, yeah, it was a gorgeous place and yeah, I mean, I, yeah, but you didn't answer, I can't take the place enough. But you didn't there. answer the hoodie the question. The day that we left, it was just okay. getting a little bit too crazy. <laughs> and I had my first daughter, Miss Madeline McGrew. And you might see, just a prep, y'all, you might see tiny redheaded children flying by. I'm sitting <laughs> in my kitchen. So, okay. Just so y'all know. Gotcha. Yeah, you're in the, the boots, are in the dirt, you're on the front lines, and you're sitting in my kitchen. Gotcha. So this is kind of, this is our normal our day-to-day. But yeah, the... A little bit too much. I love California, not putting this in a bad way, but there's a little bit too much California in California. <laughs> I needed a life change. I needed to reset some stuff and redo some stuff. So I actually asked my daughter, Maddie, I was like, I had a map of the US. I was like, well, where do you want to go? And she, she's a tiny, tiny baby, probably three years old. She points to Texas. Like, all right, fantastic. Let's fold that map again. Point again on a map. Like, okay. And I was outfitting for a guy in uh, Colorado, actually. So I called him. I was like, hey, we're pulling to pin on Cali and we're moving to Texas. So he's like, well, I've got a client that um, has a ranch out there. They're looking for somebody to kind of crack the back on it and put it back on his tracks. And yeah, it's 8,500 acres. You'll freaking you'll have it done in a year. It's a little bit different. California and Texas stuff is a lot different. Yeah. So no, that was it. We packed up the stuff. Looked like the clampets rolling out with a bunch of bird dogs and hunting rigs and all kinds of stuff going down the road and the last place that we stayed, I was walking out getting my wife and Maddie were, were squared away. I'm getting a jump on the road. And as I look across the ticker tape, when we were in Monterey's where we stayed that last night and that was it. That's what went across the bottom of the screen was a hoodie shortage in Monterey, California. I looked over at her like, I'm out. This is it. This is the final, <laughs> final. Let's, let's hit the road. So, yeah, yeah. That's a true story. Getting out. You're getting out just in the nick of time. As the We're hoodie getting shortage. out. That's it, man. But that's, that's the breaking news is we don't have enough hoodies. Dude, we're gone. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go. Got to right. go. Got to get my kids out of here. That's right. So, well, now, so when you first started working at the ranch, like what, what issues came up? How did you see... Uh, folks, did you see a lot of folks coming onto the property at that, at that time? Wasn't even a thought. And this is my eighth, I'm in my eighth season right now, going on nine years here at the place. And eight years ago, man, it wasn't even a, wasn't even a thought. I didn't even consider it. Didn't even, you know, I, I didn't even ask about it. It wasn't there for me anyway, coming in. And as a South Texan, as a person that lives here, and has been here and grown up here is like, yeah, there's been traffic going back and forth across that border for as long as we've had it. So, and a lot of the guys and the gals and the people that are coming over, they do their thing, they work, they collect, and then they go back. You know, this is the old days. They go back to Mexico, do the thing, kind of like they migrate one way and then go back the other way, send the money back home, do their thing. And, you know, times have changed. They're not, you know, not all of them are coming over here to make the, a better place. And, you know, they're smuggling people and drugs and kids and all kinds of stuff nowadays. But the very first year wasn't even a thought. Wasn't even a thought. Not even a glimmer. It probably wasn't until my second year on this place and I stumbled up on an old camp and I didn't think anything of it. So, and I got kind of a little bit of a background, I guess you could say with, um, 
don't know if y'all have seen it was like wild justice or something like that as a TV show Yeah, um, about the marijuana gardens and stuff like that in California. So I did deal with that when we were in Cali. This is a big ranch that we were on and you know, we were, we had to deal with that stuff. So I came over here and I find the camp and it's been there for forever. Like a can of corn in it that expired in 1992. Wow. That's how long it's been there. Wow. It's been tucked away, kind of buried. So, and I remember I made the calls like, Hey man, this is happening. Cause I, I'm from born and raised in Illinois. I came from Monterey where they didn't have hoodies. <laughs> and now I'm in a South Texas brush, man. I'm fighting rattlesnakes and cactus and all kinds of stuff. And my mind is just completely blown. I didn't even think, I didn't even think of that. It's not even on the radar, man. It doesn't, it's not even there. It's not a blip or anything until I find that and talk to my guys. And they say, yeah, I mean, you're way too far from the border. You're an hour away from it. So yeah, there's really nothing to worry about. Nothing going on there. We haven't had anything. So I talked to the owner of the property and they've had the place for going on 20 years now. And holy smokes, man, it's like 15 years ago when she was telling me the story. It was like four or five years ago. So it's been like 15 years ago. They had what we call, it's called a bailout. So when people are getting chased, they bail out. That's what they're doing. If they, you know, border patrol or cops are running them, they're chasing down the road or going a hundred miles an hour. They're going to run through and our high fence is a high fence. It's 10 feet tall. They're going to run through the high fence and they're going to take their vehicle as far as they can through the brush, through the ranch. And they don't care. Who care? Cows, deer, people, other vehicles, whatsoever. They run. They're going. They have a bailout. They went from one side of the ranch all the way to the other. And that was like it happened one time 13 years ago or whatever. So, yeah, not even a blip on the radar. Still nothing big. We talk about it. It's like, oh, man, that's crazy. I can't believe it. But it's like you say, it's like three years ago, it popped. And it started getting... It started getting crazy. Like you're starting to see more tracks. You're starting to see more sign. I start to see more people. Now we got some face to face stuff going on and the, uh, the neighbors are having trouble and you can see it's starting these little corridors, these little paths, these, you know, there's a pattern that's starting to develop. If you're paying attention to what's going on. Like you say, pay attention to your surroundings. As soon as you lace your boots up every day, you go, you're on, you're starting to see this. And a lot of these ranches and to have you know pipelines that go through them. It's just natural gas, oil, right of ways are pipelines. And if you look at it from Google, if you zoom way out on that map and you look at it, it's a runway. And that runway, that corridor, that path of travel could go 200 miles. So, and if you have those on your place, then you're going to start to see some pro or start to see some some activity, I guess you could say. And it doesn't necessarily mean that every place that has a right of way or a oil field, you know pipeline going through the middle of it. it's going to be a you know a funnel or a route it's just you know kind of it's easier it's like a game trail you know it's the easiest route of travel so yeah a couple of years ago i didn't even think didn't even register in the beginning but about three years ago i would say we started to see it it started to it started to unravel in this place anyway as you see it i mean obviously as a ranch manager you come across game trails all of that are you seeing human trails now and uh, are you seeing environmental damage? Is there trash laying around? What What are you seeing? See, that's what we get to. And then it's just to make this part clear. And then, you know, I'll talk and I'll tell my stories and I'll give you all everything that I can give you. Yeah. You know, from the heart, you know, honest to God's truth. I'm an hour from it. I'm not on the front lines. I'm a, I'm very fortunate enough to be where we're at. I'm truly blessed to be in the situation that I'm in and where we are today and where I'm sitting right now. But I'm an hour from it. And I'm 
you know, fortunate enough to be on a, a rather large piece of property. It's 8,500 acres. And I've got my um, west side is about 10 miles long, we'll say, give or take. It's a big old rectangle. So I'm a small piece and I'm an hour from it. So we're, this is how bad it is. Small piece, you're an hour away from it. But if you keep going, I go 100 miles south of me or north of me, or I could go 100 miles south of me. And it's the same story everywhere. Ranch, 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 mm-hmm. ranch, ranch, ranch. It's just, it's, you know, nonstop trouble and bailouts and people going through fences and tracks. So I don't have necessarily the human trails like what you see on the news. And I'm going to do my best to put you all into contact with some other people that are on the front lines. Their toes are touching and they have the trash and they have to bring in dozers and excavators to dig giant pits and holes to ditch backpacks and water bottles and clothes and just filth and debris that when they come across, they're just scattering it as they leave it. Just a, you know, ticker tape parade. They're just walking down and you go collect. Do I have to deal with that stuff? Yes. On a daily basis? No, not necessarily on a daily basis. On a, you know, every other month, we'll run across it on the situations that we have on like bailouts and stuff like that. People walking through, not quite every night, but I'd say pretty close. And then really? on like high speed pursuit or a bailout or something sketchy happening, oh, that's once a week. I see, I was picking fence yesterday. That was my Sunday. Yeah, we get a call, border patrols flying around, like, oh, helicopters are flying, here we go. So send one text message and the sheriff in our county and these guys, the sheriff in our county, the border patrol in our county, the Department of Public Safety in our county, these guys are in the trenches. The game warden? The game warden's not a game warden anymore. The game warden's in a high-speed chase daily. I don't know how many times I had the game warden. It wasn't this week. It was last week. I got the game warden calls me. He's out of breath. He's at my front gate. He goes, code is like still the same. He's like, all right, we're coming in. It's like fantastic. He's like, where are you at? He's like, I'm in your house. He's like, oh boy, we'll be there in a minute. So yeah, all of the law enforcement, everybody around are stressed out so thin. And I cannot thank them enough because I know how busy they are. I know what they have to go through on a daily basis, but their response time is amazing for what they have to do and they give everything that they have. And these guys, you talk about us being you got to be aware. You got to be aware of your surroundings. These guys are on every day. It's not if it's going to happen today. It's not when it's going to happen today, but maybe how many times am I going to have to do this? How many times am I going to have to chase? How many times am I going to have to run after yeah. people? And it's going to happen. There's going to be confrontation. There's going to be the one or the two or the group that's going to choose um, choose maybe violence over giving up. So kudos to the law enforcement out here not enough people say that and these guys are tired they are exhausted and they are spread thin from one side to the next i've met a bunch of them and they're all good oh my goodness everybody that i've met everybody that i've had encounters with and they're they're literally in the trenches they're sitting in the middle of smugglers alley doing their stuff i mean it's first name basis whenever you see them and you know they've got your cell phone number you've got their cell phone number and if anything happens you know you're there for one another but going all the way, rewinding, I had to throw that in there. Right. Yeah, the kudos right. to the guys that are in there behind the badge, and they're they're in the trenches. They're fighting, and we're an hour from it. Just imagine if we were on, you know, toes dug in to the front line. I can't even imagine. But on our right. place, yeah, said, yeah, you know, not necessarily the human trails that come through due to access to the fact that we're so big and the travel routes. You know, there's a couple pipelines on the place. You know, they're going to be moving right. and shaking and going through that. But the ones that are bailing out. Yeah, they don't care. They're going to go through the fence. They're going to drive. Where are they? 
Matt, are they bay? And and by the way, uh, we visited with the Border Patrol when, down in McAllen, Texas, and in Yuma, Arizona. And one of the things I was most struck by is there are more police officers in New York City with the New York Police Department than there are in Border Patrol. So for the entire length of the border, the U.S. border, north, south, uh, everywhere, there are fewer Border Patrol agents than there are New York Police Department officers, which is hard to believe. They are stretched very, very thin. But uh, on these uh, on these bailouts and these these high speed chases, are they running drugs or what? Because what I've been told is that the border, a lot of times these folks will be coming across and they just want to give up because the Border Patrol is going to take them because of the Biden administration policy. They're just going to very quickly process them and release them and say, here, come back and here's your court date. Yeah. So they actually, many of them want to get caught because then they're done. That That's their goal. What are these high speed chases are about? Are they over drugs or 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 they're the they're the people running uh, human trafficking rings or what is it in your they're mind? They're chasing people. They're 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 moving people. I'm sure that there are uh-huh. some drugs involved in it. The percentage of it, I do not know, but I can tell you that the one that ended up in my backyard last week, it was a high speed chase and it was going down. We just our roads are just called Caliche or Bull Rock. It's real big gravel. It's super gnarly. And after a rain, it gets really, really wet and it's, they're not smooth. That's by the way, when you say, when you say super gnarly, I think that might be the California coming out. I'm just saying the gnarly. You're going to get some (laughs) Illinois influence. You might get some California influence and you're going to get some Texas influence on this. I'm promising you. So yeah, we're going to roll. (laughs) But no, the roads are, they're gnarly and they're not straight and they're washboards. And these guys are taking vehicles a hundred miles an hour. You know, it's kind of like the old Batman movies, you know, hit the dust cloud and the dust is going to bellow, you know, over the telephone poles or over the power poles. And that's how they try to ditch these guys. That's how they try to elude, you know, law enforcement that's in pursuit. Plus, it's not safe to drive 100 miles an hour. But these guys got 10 people. They got 20 people. I mean, some look at the news, you know, the Valley's kind of, you know, it's how they made a, a name for itself. But um no, there'd be some, you know, uh, just dirt movers or tankers or even in trains. You know, there's 70 to 100 people in the bottom of these trucks. And your bottom layer might not make it. Uh, no, the ones that are bailing out, I'd say 90%, 95% of them are moving people across. And the ones that come in wow. and they give up and they want to get caught, so- they want to get processed and they want their date. Absolutely. You're going to get caught. You're going to get let in. You're going to get your date. But the ones that they're bringing in, more than likely, there's a black flag. They're going to get processed and they're going to find something. And, you know, then there's going to be another avenue. You know, well, we're not going to let you in. We have to process this or, you know, you're a convicted felon or you're wanted for this. And it's not just Mexico. There's 300 countries mm-hmm. are coming from. So they're going to, you know, everybody's going to get a look as, you know, long as they get looked at. But, yeah, these are the ones that probably won't make it. They're going to get pushed back or something's going to happen or they're going to be detained or something. That's why they're coming in like this every day. Mm-hmm. every day so yeah. you got you know fighting males the, coming in by the truckloads on a constant base and we're 12 mile stretch we're once a week minimum on 12 miles okay go the length of the border i'm not saying it happens on every square inch of it but there's a lot of people that are coming in that's they're you know illegally coming in and there's people out here that are willing right you know on this side of the line that are willing to go get them and and you know pick them up they're going to walk from wherever they have to walk to. And there's yeah. some of you tell that you haven't been walking through the brush for a week. 
trying to get to me. It's like, you got to ride from point A to point B to point C. So yeah, a lot of it is human traffic. Yeah. What, um, you know, one of the things that I learned on my trips to Yuma and to McAllen, Texas really was that people are coming from all over the world. The cartels are, this is their business. They'll charge a certain amount to get somebody from, from Russia or from China yeah. or whatever and smuggle them into the United States. I mean, it, it, it's pretty, pretty incredible that our government sort of allows that to go on, looks the other way. Um, it, it's the only way, only way really to say it. Let me ask you this though. What, give me some of the, what's the worst things that you have seen through this or the worst fears for your safety or your family's safety as you've been uh, going over the last couple of years with this situation? Man, that's kind of a good one. That's a tough one, though. That's a tough one. I say the worst. There's been a couple worse, and I didn't see it. I mean, there's heard war stories all over the place. And you're going to talk about, you know, we can go, there's two different avenues right here. You go from the safety aspect of things, and then you go from the worst part of it. It's the women and the kids. Hands down. And there are people that come across that want to make this a better place. There are people that come across that board and they do it the right way. And there's a couple of them that are working at ranches around me and they're solid. They're solid. They want to do it the right way. They go in once a month, they get checked out and everything's good. They turn in their papers and they do everything that they're supposed to do. And some of the stories like, man, the, the women and the children and the little girls and little boys, what they have to go through to get here. He's like, a lot of them don't make it. And all the stories that you hear are true. They're all true. Those poor women and those poor little girls are just handled in ways that heartbreaking. And it's sad. Yeah. And we had one on this place. And I'm not, I'm not for sure what was going on. But I had two guys, Luke and Jonah. And a lot of my guys are ex-military. And Luke and Jonah, they're young 21 years old. These guys are friggin' GQ models. They are ripped beyond ripped and they're hard workers and they're goofy and super strong and just outgoing and go, 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 rah, rah, rah. All of, they're both going to be officers. And I remember they come over here to the house in my house, in my house. This is where I live. My kids are here. My wife's here and they're part of the family. Just kind of the way we roll here at the ranch. We're all one big dysfunctional family. And those two knuckleheads come blowing through the front door. I think we're in there making breakfast. And he said, we can hear a kid crying. We can hear, it sounds like a little girl screaming. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And I'm like, there's a lot of things out here that make noise, but there's not too many things that are gonna make that noise at 10 o'clock in the morning. So I couldn't hear it. And they said, we heard it. And they went outside and they're both pointing. Like, we heard it. It's like, there's a certain section of the ranch. We got a blind down there, blah, 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 whatever, 24. They said, we heard it down there. I was like, well, go, go, get together. And it's like, I'll call the sheriff's department, see if we can get something going. And we'll go down there and we'll do a search. We can't find any tracks. These guys are just, they're white when they come in. It's like, I know what I heard. I know it. It's like, well, go find her. Let's go. Get together and we'll form a grid and we'll go do our thing. And we couldn't cut any, couldn't cut any tracks. We couldn't find anything. And, it, you know, it just stopped. It's like, well, I don't know what happened. I've seen little kids, you know, little bitty tracks, man. Like little tracks, like three, four-year-old tracks out there in a group. Like that's a three-year-old track. How do you know? It's like I've got one. I know exactly how big her shoe is. Or that's a five-year-old. That's a nine-year-old walking right there. How well, I've got those. I can tell how big that track is. And 
Um, man, like I say, the, the, the women and the kids, that's the, that's the one that really, that just, you know, it's, it's unheard of. It's everything that they have to go through. And those are the ones that are trying to bet yeah. their lives and they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it or they're gone. They've been, you know, hopefully some of them make it. I can't say this for sure because I don't know the research. I didn't do the research. I don't know the numbers. I don't know the stats, but I know what I've seen. And when I see articles of clothing in the brush and I see stuff that's been torn or I see, and I'm sorry, but this is the truth. When I see these bailouts and I see stuff like that coming and I see, um, it's Vagisil. When I see them, you know, like a feminine care product, you know, inside the trucks and I'm looking at the border patrols, the very first time it happened is like, a, why is that there? He says, well, you know why it's there. I was like, no. I was like, yeah. I was like, well, you know, they're going to take care of some stuff. And, you know, that's just kind of what they do before they handle their business. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, nope. I was like, we find it. And, you know, quite a few of them. So that's the biggest thing that gets me the most wow. is the, the trial and the torment and the promises that were made and what they have to do and endure and put up with and be tortured and you know, sold off or whatever happens that, you know, that they have to get. Yeah. And, and by the way, Matt, the, the worst part about this is there, this situation exists and this is happening to these women and this is happening to these children because the United States government is telling them, giving them the signal. If you come, we'll, we'll make sure you get in the, 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 the cartels can traffic you and we'll still make sure you get in. If we sent a different signal and said, do not come because you're not going to make it in and, and we controlled this situation and we fixed it, then those women and children would not be going through what you're seeing day in and day out. And that, we've got to connect that to the, to the bad policy that's happening. We've got to fix this broken system. And that includes, by the way, reforming it so that people can come here legally but I'm telling you, this this is this is what people have to understand is what you're seeing on the ground every day is a direct result of a bad, terrible government policy that the Biden administration uh, is 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 putting out there right now to the rest of the world to tell them sending a signal you can come. It's 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 horrible. It's horrific, um, man. So th- that's terrible. How about your own family? Let me talk. I know we've just got a little bit of time left. Your own family. I mean, do you fear for their safety every day, day in and day out? Every day. Yep. Every day. That Yeah. Like I say, that's just the, you know, the two avenues right there, what we have to think about, what you have to go through on a daily basis. And I was like, I'm an hour from it. My, my toes don't touch that line. I'm not dug in. I'm an hour away. These guys are tired when they get to me. So yeah, when it's not the big masses, the main flood, I'm still, like I say, putting that into perspective, that's an hour's a long way. But for my guys and my crew, yeah, I think I, we talked about before. It's like you put your kids to bed, you kiss them on the forehead, you say their prayers, you go in there, you brush your teeth, you wash your face, you say your prayers, you do everything in there, and you stretch. Oh, and you finally get into bed, and you put that arm underneath that pillow, and you get all super cozy, and everything's nice. Yeah, I reach my arm underneath that pillow, my hand needs to touch cold steel. I need to feel it. Right. I need to know where it's there. I need to know where it's at. I need to make sure that everything's set. Every night before you go to bed and then the, the motion lights are motion lighting. Like you say, and we talk to is like the safe rooms, you know, it's a closet, but it's a, it's a safe spot. And if it goes down, that's where you go. And we know that mm-hmm. that's where you go. 
yeah, everything's set. Motion lights are on. The keys are all out of the vehicles. Everything's locked up tight. All the houses and everything's locked up. Everything's good to go. Guard dogs are out. And then you pray. That's it. Every night. Pray for your family. Pray for your health. Pray for everything that the good Lord above has given you. Pray for strength, guidance, and stay to hand if you need it. So, yeah, it's it's always here. And it's yeah. when they come across and when they're desperate and when they're bailing out and, you know, sometimes they're bailing out or coming through. If they're walking, they're, you know, they're looking for a ride and they're tired. And there was a spree. It was probably, I think it was last year. It was really, really bad at break-ins. And they're just vandalizing, taking guns, cash, jewelry, whatever they can carry. And they're just trashing the place. So, and it was, it's a big, long line of where it was happening. It's kind of like a wave that was crashing across this, this part of South Texas. And yeah, I mean, it's on. Like you see guys walking down your driveway at nine o'clock in the after or nine o'clock in the morning and they're dressed in full camouflage and they're wearing backpacks and you don't know who they are. They're not coming to sell cookies. Like, what are they going to come and knock the door? It's like, no, they just kicked the window out of the garage. Oh, okay. Well, what do we got going on now? No, the first thing you do is, you know, yeah, you bury your teeth and go meet the beast nose to nose. You have to protect, you know, your family and, you know, whomever the owner of the property and her granddaughter, uh, whatever you have to do. Yeah. And there's been, I say lots of chases and break-ins and stuff like that. And, you know, trying to, we had the sheriff's department and border patrol and it was, we're running around the house and guys are trying to break in. And I got a sheriff's patrol unit sitting in my driveway with the lights are going, the sirens are going on. And we got somebody trying to kick the back door in at the same time. So yeah, just times have changed. It's a little bit different, but you always have That's to be it. on from the time you put your feet on the ground until yeah, you wake up in the middle of the night and you know, it's not to go get a drink of water or nothing like that. You just, you know, you're reaching back there just to make sure. You can still feel it. So, yeah, it's a little bit different. That's for sure. Yeah. That's incredible. This is, and and we started the show, I talked about the rule of law and how important the rule of law is. And it is the job of this administration from a, from a federal level on the border to have border security, but also local law enforcement, obviously, who you say are doing the best they can with the resources they have to keep you safe on the property that you have. We don't have a rule of law if this is happening. If you've got people wandering through, you've got young kids, you shouldn't have to worry about their safety on your property, in your home, the way that you do right now. But again, it's bad government policies. It's an administration that just has failed on 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 all of this. So, uh, Matt, any final thoughts before we, uh, before we let you go? Uh, now, if anything, I just want to give another you know, a true blue from the bottom of my heart. Thank you to the law enforcement and the people around here that do their best to protect us. And they do. I mean, they, man, they give it all 100% without question. The people that I've worked with, the sheriff's department, DPS, border patrol, all those guys are just, they're awesome. They really are. And we get it. And we're here. You know, there's anything that we can do. We try to help as much as we can. After church on Sundays, my wife and daughter will go and just, you know, well, we saw two guys parked, two DPS parked on, you know, the highway out here. So we're going to go make burritos and tacos and we're going to go deliver it to all the people that we see. You know, just, you know, we, we love you. We support you 100% and we know what you do for us because we see you do it. That's about all I've got for a quick Yeah. Time. Yep. Well, Matt, thanks for joining us. Thanks for, for hanging in there. That's a, that's a, a tough situation. And I know that, 
Um, and, and, and we'll keep you in our thoughts and prayers as you, uh, as you try and keep your family safe and, and uh, do your job down there. But thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. And thank you very much for having me. And let me tell the story, but keep us all, keep everybody in your prayers, the entire country. They're just crossing here. Once they're not going to stay in little podunk town, Texas, they're going to the cities. They're going to be in Colorado and everybody that's, you know, the ones that could be turned away are not going to be turned away. And the ones that get smuggled in, the bad guys are going to be bad guys. They're going to dig their feet in, but they're not going to stay here. They're going to venture. They're going to blow up and they're going to, you know, not necessarily disappear into, um, you know, the, the big cities and, you know, general population. But I think, you know, that's where all they're all headed. They're, they don't stick around. They're just traveling through. So, yep. Prayers to you yep. guys too. And thank you guys very much for everything. And yeah, we'll get through it. We will. Well, thanks to Matt for joining us for his insight on, on this issue. I, I tell you, it's just so frustrating. This is every time I talk about this issue. And if you listen to the episodes that we did from McAllen, Texas, or this episode or others, it, it's just so frustrating because this is caused by a terrible government policy and the Biden administration could fix this. They could focus on it. They could have the political will to make a difference and to fix this broken immigration system if they cared to do it. And what's so tragic? I mean, they talk about compassion. There's no compassion in what's happening to these women and to these children who they are sending the signal to them that they can come to the United States and that we will just break all the rules, all the systems will break for them and that they can get in, that they will be rewarded for making that journey. That's what we're telling them. If you travel for six months from Colombia, from wherever you're coming from, from Guatemala, if you travel for six months up and you, know, you, you pay off these cartels and you work with these people and you put yourself in this bodily harm that we know these, these women and, and children are going through, if you do all of that, uh, we'll, we'll give you the reward and we'll let you get in to the United States. We'll let you cut in line of all the folks who are trying to get into the United States in a legal way. And that's just wrong. That's why they're coming because our government is in my view, immorally telling them to come sending them that signal. And I just think that's wrong. So we need to fix the system. We need to focus on border security. We need to have the resources, the infrastructure, the wall is important in certain strategic places. So is technology. So is personnel. But most importantly, We've got to have the political will to control the border of the United States of America. But in addition, we've got to fix a system right now that is rewarding people who break the law and want to come here illegally because it takes so long to get here legally. And so that system has to be fixed. Those are the two parts of this that we really need to focus on. And Without focusing on both of those, we're not going to fix this problem. And it is so frustrating to see, you know, what's happening with the, uh, the, the, the rule of law, the violation of the rule of law. Look, the way I look at it is you can have laws and if you don't like the law, you can change the law, but you can't just ignore the law. I mean, that's just a principle. It's a principle of, the, of, of, of our network, of our organization, Americans for Prosperity. 
that we comply with the law. That's our job is to comply with the law. We comply with it. We may not like it and we can work to change it, but you cannot ignore the law and still have a rule of law. So we've got to figure out a way to both fix the broken immigration system to allow people a a streamlined, better process to get here legally. But at the same time, we have to focus on the border and getting border security and providing the resources necessary to the U.S. Border Patrol and to others to control our border. It's just that simple. Hey, thanks for listening uh, to this episode. Some incredible stories uh, from Matt and from the ranch in Texas. We'll bring you much more on another edition of American Potential. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com. 